0: Another thing about togetherness is that we are part of a big community, and occasionally we have people from outside of our particular church family to, to come and, and preach the Word of God to us. And So this morning, Pastor Keith has invited Storm. Storm, come on up. And it's great uh, to have Storm with us this morning. Storm and I go back, way back, probably about a week and a half. Yeah. <laughs> We had ca- coffee with Keith last last week, so I know some of you know Storm, and uh, for some of you new. So let me just tell you a little bit about him before um, he brings the word of God to us this morning. So Ike is married to K- Ike. Sorry, I've been called. Uh, <laughs> is that Storm has is married to uh, Karen, who's with us here this morning, thirty-one years. What, when's when's the anniversary? July 25th. July 25th, and you knew that really quick that yeah. way that was good for I've
1: been trained. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, uh, Storm and, and Karen have a daughter, uh, Michaela, and together with her husband, uh, Kyle, uh, they both serve in the Canadian Armed Forces. So, away uh, these days, obviously. And um, so, um, Storm, for, for many years, has served as a pastor uh, in various places. Um, God has had uh, him and uh, Karen and their family, and so in Calgary. Uh, here, some of you might know Storm from, from Trinity, and guy took them to Southern California, served there, and then just recently back here. Um, just asked to do a little bio, and I, I love something that, that Storm wrote to, to kind of describe his heart. Thank you. And, and um, yeah, just the things that have become really important. And I, I love this, Storm. It says this He's passionate about the local church being the tangible hands and feet of Jesus. His greatest joy in ministry is to see people fall in love with Jesus and give their lives to becoming his disciples who make disciples. He firmly believes that the bride of Christ should reflect the beauty and character of God in its diversity and reach. All people all seasons, all Jesus. That's awesome. Amen. Yeah. Welcome, brother. Thank
1: you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you Rick. Uh, good morning, everybody. It's a pleasure to be with you. Um, I just want to say you have a wonderful pastoral staff here. Um, I absolutely love them. Yeah. Uh, uh, Keith, Keith uh, he is good news. He is a uh, a wonderful shepherd. Um, and I've had the joy of working closely with Chris uh, Downey. Chris, you need to know that some of the best years of my life was with you. Choke mm. Choked me up already, bro. I love you and I'm glad you're here. You're a good man. Uh, Rick, it's a pleasure to um, know you for a week and a half. Um, <laughs> Now, Rick uh, and I, we are a part of a club that no one wants to be a part of, and, uh, you know, um, losing, a, losing a child. And so, um, being in ministry and doing you know, missionary work together, we share many things in common. Rick, you're a beautiful man. I love you. And I'm glad you're here. Um, glad you're here this morning as well, too. Um, my assignment is uh, uh, to speak on joy, and um, we are uh, in a second... Uh, part of uh, a series um, uh, on uh, the, the fruit of the spirit, and <laughs> uh, I just saw Karen, this lady out in the, uh, the lobby, and she didn't recognize me at first. And then she said, I'm sorry, it took me a while to recognize you. She said, you look, well, she said I was more handsome. Um, <laughs> and then she said, she said, after I saw her again, I was going to the restroom there and she stopped me she says, I know what it is. She says, you've lost hair. (laughs) Thank you, Karen. Um, But I've also lost vision. And so I'm going to put these on and just read the passage that uh, we're stemming from. And and, uh, pick it up in Galatians 5.22. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. There's no law against these things. Um, Just let me uh, frame up a little bit before I jump into it. I'm actually going to be speaking from the book of Luke, but let me frame up just a little bit about the fruit of the spirit. Sometimes when we think about the fruit of the spirit, we think about a basket of fruit. We think there's banana and pear and apple and plums and peaches and whatnot else. That, that while that's good, it's not quite the accurate picture of the fruit of the spirit. Think more of a pomegranate. Think more of a pomegranate. And when you open up the pomegranate, There's a whole bunch of fleshy seeds, edible seeds in there that you could have, right? You don't, are you with me, right? Okay, so you can, you, and, and, and you guys will get this being here in the Okanagan Valley. You can dig into um, some of that, and, you, and, and it's like you're saying, Mmm, what is that? Is that mm, a little bit of love right there, right? And then you go, Mmm, that's a little bit of joy. And it's all the same fruit. It's coming from the, it's the same thing. And so we shouldn't be thinking that it's something totally separate and all these different things. No, it's coming out of the same thing. It's just what it is. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's like I've been told... Um, you would appreciate this being in the Okanagan Valley. I've been told it's like um, when, you, when you drink wine, you, you, you would drink it, and then you'd be like, hmm, what is that? I'm picking up some plum. I'm picking up finishes of, um, well, you know, what you fancy people say, all the things, right? <laughs> the, the Pinot Noir and, and so on. I've been told, I mean, you know, look at my halo, right? Um, I've been told about these wine people that drink wine, right? And uh, I've been told it, that like, the fruit of the Spirit is rich, and it's deep, and it's, and it's, it's kind of like a merlot, But because I don't know anything about wine, I'm going to say merlot. Um, So that's a little bit of the the picture of the fruit of the spirit. But the other thing that was really interesting in this passage, and it says that there is no law against this. There's no law against this. I got to pause for a second to just tell you really what that means. Let me put it this way. All you people under 30 years of age, You will not you don't know the joy you do not know the joy you have because of technology right now you don't know the joy the true joy of what you have in this thing called gps you don't appreciate how gps has saved marriages you don't appreciate how many fights it has stopped you don't appreciate how it's allowed for love to flourish, GPS. Because back in the day, you would argue with your loved one over which way you're going. But this lovely lady, Siri, gets on there now, and she's never angry. If you miss a turn, she says, recalculating. Or she'll say, at the next t- lights, perform a U-turn. Like. So lovely, so lovely, you don't know the joy. But here's the thing, sometimes you will get back in the day, you know, when a man finally says, okay, fine. He will listen to his wife as he should. And he listens to his wife and he gets to the right place. They arrive at their destination. And sometimes the wife says, see, I Look at you ladies, you know. (laughs) There is no law against this, says once you arrive at the destination of this fruit of the Spirit. Once you arrive, there is nothing that will say to you, I told you so. There's no I told you so. You feel a sense of accomplishment because, you know what, you've arrived safely. And there's no, there's no resentment for getting there. There's no, you've arrived. That's what that means when it says there's no law against this. And so with this, can we arrive together on joy this morning? Can we go there this morning? Okay, listen. Listen. I I just spent a whole lot of time in California uh, in a multi-ethnic church, and so when we speak there, people talk back to you. So uh, maybe you might be thinking I'm asking rhetorical questions this morning, so when I say something like, can we arrive there together on this thing of joy, you will say, okay, that's what I'm talking about. All right, so Father, thank you uh, for this assignment this day. Thank you for this beautiful passage that I'm going to get to to share and open up. Lord, it is my prayer, indeed, that the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. You are my strength and my redeemer. You alone receive all the glory in this place. In Jesus' name. All God's children said, amen. Amen. Uh, Find me in uh, Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Chapter 10, 38 through 42. Familiar passage to many of us, and it reads like this. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing Worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. And it will not be taken away from her. I want to start by saying that Jesus is the source and reason for our joy. Jesus is the source and reason for our joy. Mary knows this. Mary discovered this. Martha is about to appreciate it, that Jesus is the source and reason for our joy. And Jesus says this, and it will not be taken from her. It won't be taken from her. Martha is busy in the kitchen, and she comes out and wants to talk to Jesus and really is saying to him, reason with her. Help her to to get the reasoning that she needs to be in the kitchen with me. And Jesus points out, and he's saying, no, I am the reason. Martha's asking, would you reason with her and let her know that she needs to be in the kitchen with me? And Jesus says, no, 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 I, I am the reason. That's why she's sitting here. The source. Jesus is our source of joy. Our source of joy. How many here would uh, say by, uh, by show of hand that they are... Uh, one of their gifts is hospitality. My wife's give, big gift is hospitality. Yeah, go on, put your hand up proudly, right? These are the people whose hands are up. You need to tap on their shoulder and say, "Can I come to your place for lunch?" Okay, <laughs> they would be good at it. Martha is good at this gift. She is good at hospitality. She is good at the things of her hands. She's right, and she thinks that these things of my hands, the things that I do, this is what gives me joy. How many of us find that we think that the things that we do give us joy? The things of our hands give us joy. That that's the source, and Jesus says, no, I'm the source. I am the reason and the source of joy, and it will not be taken from her. It won't be taken from us. Um, Chuck Swindoll, uh, at the ripe age of 33, uh, found himself in a drive-thru. And he's in the drive-thru uh, getting some food, and, uh, um, and it's a busy, busy drive-thru. And uh, there's, you know, um, as he's in the drive-thru and he stops at the window to make his order, um, of course, he's taking too long. He's 83. He's taking too long, and the lady behind him is just honking on the horn and uh, winding down her window and just yelling out, come on, hurry up, right? And, and, you know, this old man is trying his best, and so he finally makes this order and moves up to the first window eventually. You know, there's more cars, but he gets to that first window And then he says to them, he says, hey, listen, I would like to pay for the lady behind me as well. I'd like to pay for her meal as well. And so he does. And he gets the receipts to show, both receipts. And then he starts to move forward. Now that lady pulls up to that window right behind him and realizes what's happened. now all of a sudden she's changing her tune just a little bit. And she's like, I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. He pulls up to the second window, and he shows them the receipts, and says, I'll take both meals. <laughs> and then drives off. And now she has to go back into that long line all again. And when I saw the video of this, he, he was smacking the, the pulpit and laughing, and the joy, he says, I'm 83, you can't take it from me. Oh, the joy. You can't take it from us. If we were to have the joy of Jesus, understanding that he is our reason and our source, and then he tells us ourselves, and it will not be taken from you. Secondly, and adding to that, joy is not found solely in the things we do for Jesus, but found in the things that he's done for us, that he's done for us. I suppose I should stop at this time and just give a a, a clarification between um, joy and happiness, between joy and happiness. Happiness is about happenings. It's about happenings. And so when uh, it's predicated on, on what's happening, so if this is happening, if this is happening, if that's happening, if that's going on, then I'm happy. But what happens is when we remove all of those things, then sometimes uh, what goes with, with it? Our happiness. See, joy is much deeper than that. It's not about the happenings, about what, it, what is happening, it, it, it's about who. Happened to us. It's about who happened to us. Jesus happened to us. Jesus happened to us. Jesus has done some things for us. Jesus has given us uh, three Ps. He's given us a new person. He's given us a, a new person. Rich is really to say it's an identity. Identity. Jesus has given us a new identity. There's joy in a new identity. Jesus has given that to us. My father has three sons. And if you were to go to my older brother, who looks like me, who walks like me, who talks like me, he is very good looking. Um, and, uh, but if, so, if you were to go up to him and ask him, hey, are you the son of Jerry Moore? He would say, yes, I am. If you were to go and find my little brother, Blaze, right, who's not that little, he's 6'4", right? And, you, and he walks like me and talks like me and, and looks like me a little bit. And, and you were to say, are you the son of Jerry Moore? He would say, yes, I am. And if you were to ask me, are you the son of Jerry Moore? Yes, I am. Here's the point that I'm making. You are the sons and daughter of the Most High King. You are the sons and daughters of the most high king. That's a new identity that you've beginning that you've been given because of Jesus. The question is, I wonder if you walk like Jesus. If you talk like Jesus. If people look at you and they see by the very way that you act and react in the drive-through on the drive here and all the things if they say, "Ah, oh, Sometimes I mistake you for Jesus. Jesus has given us a new identity, a new person. Jesus has given us, by the way, uh, secondly, a new purpose. A new purpose. A new purpose. It says, this is what I'm made for. Martha is thinking that Hospitality is what she's made for. Mary is sitting at the foot of Jesus. This is what I'm made for. To worship. To worship. This is what we're made for. I was um, hired at a church in Calgary, um, uh, a a Baptist church, a North American Baptist church. So uh, what that means is that um, there are little... um, stiff right and so um they they said uh we we need help um in this regard we we would love to see people come to faith in jesus would you help us with that said, yes, absolutely, I will help you with that, and, uh, and, and help, uh, especially in their youth and their, and their next-gen area uh, with their young adults, and, so, uh, and then also with their where adult ministry. I said, yes, yes, I would love to help with that, and here's what we're going to do. Um, before we throw any party, before we invite people, before we do anything of the like, I'm going to take a full year. Just to teach you how to share your faith. A full year to teach you how to cultivate relationships, how to plant the Word of God, and how to call for a response. CPR. We're going to keep doing that. Cultivate relationships, plant the Word of God in in your conversation. Just naturally slip in Jesus, right, into conversation. And then call for a response. And you're going to keep doing that again and again until it becomes a part of you. It just becomes natural. It just flows out of you, right? We're going to keep doing that. And I'm going to keep training you for a full year year before we do it. CPR. CPR, as you know, is a thing that we do that gives life. You understand that, right? Okay. (laughs) You understand, right? CPR gives life. And so we're going to teach these. And and so we did that. And and I did that for a full year. And this one boy, Jeff, graduated um, from high school. And then he started to go to university. And then I just wasn't seeing Jeff anymore. And we were preparing to invite people to engage and be a part of our community, people that don't know Jesus. And Jeff was a part of the team, but I'm not seeing Jeff anymore. And so I call him up and I said, Jeff, where are you? And he says, Storm, you don't understand. I'm at university now. You don't understand what life is like in these streets, Storm. I said, Really? He says, yeah, meet me at the university on a particular day. And so I met him there on that day. And on that day, they were having some festivities at the university. It was wild. It was the University of Calgary. I can't remember what the occasion it was. They have it every year, but things get a little crazy. And Jeff met me in the cafeteria in in almost like the hub of the craziness. And he had this cocky way about him. And he stood there and he looked at me and he said, see? This is what I'm talking about. And I said, Jeff, for a full year, for a full year, I've taught you how to cultivate relationships, Jeff, how to plant the word, how to call for a response. This is what you're made for, Jeff. Find somebody, pick somebody. Where do you want to start? This is awesome. Guys, this is what we're made for, that we would reflect Jesus Christ, the joy of God. This is what we're made for. Sometimes we think we are um, electrical electrical cords. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, sure. Conducts energy, passes through. But sometimes it's better to think of you more of like a Brita filter. You know, Brita filter, anybody? Water goes in, sits in there for a while, right? And then slowly has this dripping and all the impurities get caught up in there, but it gives back, right? And then that's the stuff that's just so good. Oh, Bo, if we could just be filters, right? If we could just be filters in this world, oh man you should walk out of here and say, I'm feeling like Britta today. <laughs> he gives us purpose. The other thing is that he gives us power. He gives us power. It's the indwelling now of the Holy Spirit that Jesus made possible. That is now a part of us. Oh, the joy that we have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. is the same power that's inside of us. That should fill us with joy. Because really, let me put my glasses on. Um, Power is knowing that you already have the victory. There's power in already knowing that you have the victory. That's amazing. Um, I took my wife out one time. A lot of times, but um, on this particular occasion, uh, it, it, I can't even remember if it was um, our anniversary or if it was her birthday or for his Valentine's, it don't matter. I took her out and it was right here in Kelowna, um, a nice restaurant, and uh, went there and as is my way, I did not make a booking. Chris is laughing because he understands this, and he's shaking his head, oh, Storm. Right, I did not make a booking, and I got to the front there, and they said, hello, can we help you? And I said, yes, I am Storm Moore. I'd like a table for two. Make it happen. And they said, "Um, well, Storm Moore, uh, the restaurant is full. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. And then she said, however, we do have space in the lounge. And I said, the lounge it is. And so we go to the lounge, And the lounge has too many distractions. And so as my wife and I were sitting across from each other and I was looking deeply into her eyes and also at the screen behind her (laughs) that was playing um, some sports, 30 in 30, right? They still have that, right? 30 in 30. And so I am able to see our team that we were cheering for and see the full game unfold in 30. Just right in front of us. It's sped up. It's the highlights. Right? And I can see that our team won. But my wife is looking deeply into my eyes and the screen behind me. And it's showing a different um, programming and it's showing the game but not sped up it's showing the game in real time right and so right and so it's a replay sure but she's seeing the full thing so first inning second inning and she's going through all the pangs of oh man we're not doing well oh we're losing all oh, whatever and i'm just sitting there confidently like it's all right it's all right. We're going to be okay. And she's like, How can you have so much confidence? Why? Because I know that the victory is already ours. Because I can see it. Oh, can you see it? Can you see it already? That in the midst of your trials, in the midst of your struggle, in the midst of loss, we already have victory. Rick, we already have victory, Rick. We're going to see our boys again. We already have victory. Oh, I thought I'd get a shout from that, but nope. <laughs> Y'all went Baptist on me. <laughs> Furthermore, joy is found in community. Joy is found in community. There is. Martha in the kitchen by herself and she is miserable. <laughs> She's in there by herself. Right? She's miserable. Joy is found in community. Move towards it. Move towards it. Move towards it. She should be in the living room hanging out with Jesus and the others that are there and and Mary her sister. You need to move towards community. Joy is found community. Um, How many of y'all know the game um, uh, sardines, hide-and-go-seek? Sardines, yeah. Uh, Oh, I love sardines. Guys, I'm a master of hide-and-go-seek. And Um, and so we would play this game in our youth ministry, uh, sardines, right, and hide-and-go-seek. And And what we would do is that we would all be, uh, here's how it works, by the way, sorry. Um, You're all together in one room, and then you pick one person you send that person out to go hide and then after a while you uh, uh you know we do this at, 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 at night at the church and we turn off all the lights and turn off the, the lights in the room where you were and then everybody goes to find that person but kind of individually and when you find the person you hide with them right you hide with them because here's the deal if you Are out there by yourself hiding and no one is looking for you, that's boring. I get the feeling that sometimes this is what we do apart from community. We are hiding and thinking that we're having a great time all by ourselves and we're not. Oh, but I'm a master of hide-and-go-seek. Listen, I've, especially if we're playing in the dark, here's the deal, I've got some advantages, (laughs) right? I I do, I have some natural advantage, right? Um, I'd like to call it black privilege, okay? (laughs) So I've got that. And so because I've been trained in that, I'm a master of hide-and-go-seek, this one time the kids picked me to be the one to go hide. Guys, I am a master of hide-and-go-seek. And so I just went right to the next room and stood up against the wall. Because when they leave there and they turn the lights off, their eyes haven't adjusted yet to the darkness, and right? And so they'll walk right by you. And I just stood there and got bored. But eventually, this kid comes in the room. His name is Cam Harris. And uh, I'm standing over here against the wall. Cam comes in the room, and he's like, hands up on the wall, star, star. But it's gotten a little later in the game. And I think to myself, I need to take full advantage (laughs) of my advantage. And my shirt was too light. And so I pulled the shirt over my head and stood against a wall. Don't do this nowadays, by the way. You will get f- m- fired. Um, and so, but he's coming along, storm, storm. Remember, shirts up over my head. His next hand, he puts against the wall, which is my chest, and he's, ah! And he screams and screams, and he starts peddling, storm's naked, storm's naked! I was not. I just want to point out for the sake of the story, right? Oh, there's something There's this joy about being found, though. Cam and I, right, now we're together. We laugh, right? There's something great about community. You need to walk towards it, embrace it. And by the way, embrace it in all its diversity. Embrace it in all its diversity. A community that reflects heaven, that reflects the party that we're going to have in heaven one day. That's what we should be embracing together. That looks like that. We should have heaven here on earth. Our community should look like people that don't look like us. They don't. They they don't live like us. They don't. Right? They don't vote like us. That's what our community should reflect is heaven. Oh, I am convinced that the next time I'm here, right, I won't feel like a raisin in a bowl of milk. You know. It's just reflecting community. There's power in diversity, is there not? Isn't there beauty in it? Amen? All right. Let's go home with this one. Joy, lastly, is a contagious choice. Joy is a contagious choice. Let me close with this. I'll have the worship team come on up. Um, They were the bad news bearers of baseball. They'd never won a game, all season long, and largely in part because of one boy on their team named Johnny. Johnny was oblivious. Johnny made the team because all kids make the team. Johnny and the team were a part of a league that, of course, everybody gets a trophy at the end of the year for participating. They have never won a game. And it was the last game of the year, the last game of the season. And Johnny, of course, is distracted, as he always is. And when Johnny's in the field, he's just looking around at the butterflies and seeing the birds and picking the daisies and the dandelions. Johnny is not engaged. Johnny is just distracted. But Johnny has this joy about him. Johnny has this joy about him that you can't deny. He's a happy, happy, joyful kid. Well, on that day... For whatever reason, maybe because of the last day, of, it's the last game of the year, their team actually made some hits. Their team actually has a chance to win. The bases are loaded. There's one more batter to go, only two out, and up comes to bat. Guess who? Johnny. Oh, Johnny is so excited on this day, not to bat, no, Johnny's excited because over on the third baseline, there's a golden retriever. And he is so happy about this golden retriever. And he's like, Daddy, look at the puppy, look at the, go ahead and start playing something. Make it all, make it all moody and do the thing. Okay, right. And so he looks over here, and he sees the dog, and he's just so happy about Johnny, I mean, about the, about the golden retriever. And his dad's like, Johnny, pay attention. He's like, oh, oh right, yes, 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 dad, yeah, pay attention. And he's like, take the puppy, at hey, the puppy, right? And then as he's looking at the puppy, and the pitch is coming, they yell at him, Johnny! And he turns his head quickly and swings, and all of a sudden, hits the ball! The other team knows Johnny. There's nobody in the outfield. They're all in the infield. They're already just having a chat about where they're going after the game that they're going to win. But the ball sails right over their heads. Everybody is stunned. Johnny doesn't know what to do. Why? He has never run the bases. And so they tell him, Johnny, run that way. So he runs to first base and he gets there. And he says, Johnny, keep going to team now. The other team is running out to the field to get the ball. They're all fighting over it. Run to second base. He runs to second base. And it's like, Johnny, keep going. Run to third base. He runs to third base. And they're like, Johnny, go home. And as he starts to run home, Johnny stops for the golden retriever and he bends down and he's hugging this puppy. The team now caught the ball, got the ball, and they come, but something different happened. They're standing there with that ball and they could just touch Johnny and it would be out and the game would be over and they would win. But they say, Johnny, get up. And he gets up and they're like, Johnny, run to third, run home. And they pretend they're chasing him, and Johnny runs home, and both teams cheer. Oh, there's this contagious joy that we can have because of Jesus. This contagious joy that one day, not only we make it home, but everybody makes it home, everybody gets the trophy. Because your joy spills over to everyone else and they say, hey, what is it about you? You walk differently. You talk differently. You look like one of the sons and daughters of the Most High. May your joy be contagious. May your joy be contagious. My prayer for you today Is that you would know the depth, the richness. Mm, What is that? Is that love? Mm, What is that? Oh, is that joy? And that you would consume it and let it fill your life. Amen. Oh, God, I love you so much. I love you so much. We love you so much. Thank you for making joy possible. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for being our source, Jesus, and a reason for our joy. Thank you that it's not found in the things that we do, the things of our hand, but no, it's found in you. You happen to us. Thank you for giving us a new identity, a reason for living, and a power that indwells us. Would you move us to community? Would you help us to reflect what heaven looks like right here on earth. And thank you that your joy overflows. We pray this all in the powerful name of Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, and at the feet of whom we sit.
0: And all of God's children said, amen. Amen.